Welcome, everybody, to WFL-TV. I'm Jessica. And I'm Libby. And tonight, we are just going to kind of talk about TV shows that we have watched since we've started the podcast and what we're currently watching. Does that sound cool with you? Me? Of course, me. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that happens. It's very clear. There's no one else here. Um, yeah, that sounds good to me. And I would like to apologize ahead of time to any listeners because I there might be a little bit of a swish swish happening because I'm wearing my coat out in my garage. Um, the children in my house are just too loud. So I'm out here and I know there's going to be some swishing. You so. look very cute though, all bundled up with your scarf and your coat. Oh, that is very sweet. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. One of the comments that I will have about a show that I'm watching is one of the characters is wearing a scarf and a coat and it looks good. That's Ooh, all. Interesting. That's well, all. what I noticed as I was making a list of the television that I have watched since we've started the podcast is that it's too much TV. I just very clearly watch too much TV. You're definitely ahead of me there. Um, because as you know, Jessica, when we started this, I was playing The Witcher 3 and I was super into it because it's a very, very, very fun game. And then I got the fourth Stormlight Archives book, Rhythm of War. And so then I was reading that. Normally things don't pull me away from television. The things that can do that are very good video game and Brandon Sanderson. Those are the two things. And when I start a video game, I play it too much, but I'm done with it for now. I am going to go back later and redo it again because it's a fun game. So I have less television than you, but we do have a couple things. I know that we both watched, not together, but we both watched. So you want to start off with the first one? Yeah, so I watched this first, and then I convinced you to watch it, which was surprising because you don't normally like this type of show, and that is The Haunting of Bly Manor, which was a scary show, and you don't really like scary shows. That is correct. I do not like scary shows. I find them to be, well, scary, and I don't like that. I think that that is bad. Um, I have nothing more eloquent to say about that except for Mm -mm. But I loved Bly Manor. It was so good. And I really appreciate you sort of encouraging me to watch it. Now, I did. I was seeing a lot about it on the Internet, uh, especially Twitter. And I was seeing the um, a lot about the main couple, Jamie and Danny. So that got me interested. And then... I was seeing a lot of Owen's face and a lot of his mustache and his glasses. And so I was like, mm, maybe this show could be okay. And it was so good. It was so good. I was so glad that you watched it and we were able to talk about it. Oh, man. I loved it so much. Uh, the story was great. And I loved the way they kind of uh, did multiple stories within this one kind of 
timeline. So they, they do that part where they go back and they show you the lady of the lake and her story. And they do that at a time where like some crazy stuff is happening in like the present timeline. But I was okay with it because they told that story so well. I was okay being taken out of the moment to go back to see her story. Yeah, I normally get really frustrated by that and like can't enjoy the episode where they're doing that. Because sometimes shows will do that where there's like this flashback and and stuff. And normally I, just, I really can't enjoy because I'm so anxious about what's going on at the present time. But they did such a great job of it. I was fully into it. It actually reminds me a little bit of the um, Eshenai chapters in Rhythm of War because those are flashback chapters and like, I'm so into it. And then suddenly I'm like, oh man, this chapter is so good. I don't even care. I'm in a flashback. And they did that same thing. And that origin story for the ghost was so, so fun. I loved it. Yeah, it was a really good story. Um, And then the, the whole cast was amazing. I thought it was just an amazing cast. I loved all the characters. I mean, obviously, Peter, I hated Peter, but like in a way that he was well done enough for me to like actually hate him. Yeah. One of the things I really enjoyed about the way they did Peter's character is they managed to show us his, his story, kind of why he is the way he is without necessarily eliciting sympathy for him. Like, I still hated him. I understood he had a shitty childhood and his dad was, like, abusive and his mom, like, was taking money from him and and all of that. But I didn't feel sorry for him enough that I was forgiving him for all of the mistakes that he made. Sometimes whenever you've got a villain and you give them enough of a backstory, then you start to feel sorry for them and you kind of forgive their sins. But, like, this dude basically, like, he drowned his girlfriend essentially took over well no not essentially like for sure did it possessed her body went into a lake drowned her possessed a bunch of children killed hannah killed hannah hannah and i knew listen i knew hannah was dead the minute she didn't want to eat dinner oh yeah do it but i was hoping i was like maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong maybe everything's wrong and then i wasn't and she was dead and it was peter's fault and i was devastated even though I knew that's what was happening, I was still devastated. It was particularly heartbreaking because we got we saw her relationship with Owen sort of develop and her accepting her feelings for him and maybe even be willing to explore them. And she's dead. And so she can't. And so there's this whole life that she didn't get to lead that we saw the potential of, and it was taken away by Peter. And it made me very, very, very sad. But the end of that show was incredibly good. Very, very moving. Um, incredibly proud of Danny and who she was. Loved it. Yeah, I- I was blown away by the end. I think most fans were. It was so, so well done. And Danny's bravery and her strength to hold that ghost back for so long. And then when she realized that she was not going to be able to, to walk back into that lake and sacrifice herself to save the people that she loved, to save Jamie. I I just like, 
my gosh, what an amazing character. What a well-written ending. And to know that she then had control so that uh, the Lady of the Lake ghost didn't hurt anyone else. And I just like, I was so blown away by her. I just, I don't know. I loved her. I, it made me so emotional. <laughs> yeah, I I enjoyed it as well. I really love that we get to see a bit of Jamie and her reaction to Danny doing that. And what she's doing is she's constantly looking in the surface of water to see if she can catch a glimpse of Jamie. And I love it because we saw Jamie throughout the beginning of the show hiding from reflective surfaces, including water, for fear of seeing her um, ex who was killed for fear of seeing his ghost. So I really enjoyed that we get to see the benevolence of, of, um, I, what the hell? I just said her name. She's blonde to the main character. We've been talking about her this whole damn time. Danny. Oh my God. Thank you. That was weird. The benevolence of Danny because Danny's nothing to fear. Whereas, Danny's ghost boyfriend or fiance was so scary. His glowing eyes in the mirror. He was scary. Although I was like, you know what, dude, just stop haunting her. Move on with your life. Yeah. You have to a car. Boo hoo. No, I'm sorry. That's, That's not nice. But I was mad at him for haunting her. I didn't think it was very nice. I, I, I thought the same thing. I thought, man, just let her be. She's like trying so hard. She's so brave. She cared so much about those children. She was wonderful. It was wonderful. And I know that you've told me to watch the other one, Hill House, but I will not watch it. It is scarier than this one you said. And this one was too scary for me. Yes. I thought that Hill House, while very good, was much scarier. I was actually a little bit disappointed with how scary Blind Manor was. I was expecting it to be a little scarier is a story wise obviously it was fantastic and i loved it but i i wanted to be a little more scared especially i watched it at home in the dark so like i was preparing to be to be scared and i wasn't that much but um still very very good i also just want to mention because you'd mentioned how much danny loved those kids is how well those kids did those child actors mm-hmm. playing those children did such a great job and also i was so glad at the end to know that those kids didn't really remember that because that is just too much trauma for those sweet little orphan babies to have to deal with oh absolutely the guy the kid who played miles especially like he was crazy good when he was possessed i was like Look at that adult man being a creep. And it was like a small little child. He did such a good job with that. I disagree, though. I was disappointed with how scary it was and that it was too scary. I was unhappy with it. Plenty of screaming that I did. And so I'm definitely not doing the Hill House one. Mm Mm-mm. That's fair. I will say for anyone who's listening, if they haven't watched Hill House, you should watch it. It's really good. All right, Libby, or what's another show that you've watched recently that you might want to talk about? Well, I've ha- well, I'm gonna. I haven't watched a lot, so I'm just gonna talk about what I'm currently watching. Yeah. Um, 
I'm watching Fringe right now, and I just started it. I've only watched four episodes. So as you know, Jessica, I have been struggling to find something new. So since we started this podcast, what I've been doing is re-watching television, and I've basically been re-watching any TV that has the word creek in it. So <laughs> we watched some Dawson's Creek, and we rewatched some Shit's Creek, and I was having trouble moving on from those. So I figured that one way to do that would be to – transition to something else with Joshua Jackson in it. So I did Fringe and I am really enjoying it. I think you would really like it. So um, you haven't seen it, Jessica, so I'll just give you kind of a brief summary of what it's about. It's about a detective who basically gets involved in a case that is a little bit weird, like not quite supernatural, but more like science fiction like sci-fi type shit happening and she finds out like her partner is injured and she finds out that this scientist is like did similar work or whatever and she wants to talk to him but he's in a mental institution so the only way for her to see him is to grab his next her his next of kin so that's joshua jackson so uh joshua jackson and her uh, go and talk to this guy's dad and they get him out of the mental institution. And basically the dad and the son have a really contentious relationship. The dad was basically kind of like a mad scientist type guy. Both of them are geniuses, but uh, Peter, Joshua Jackson's character underachieved in his life and instead did crime, which actually isn't underachieving. It's kind of cool. No, crime's not cool. It is cool. It's so cool. But anyway, um, he, Peter, and his dad help her to rescue her partner or whatever. Then her partner's a bad guy, we find out in the first episode. <gasps> it's like an hour and 20 minutes, the first episode, which is really fun because like a, you know, double thing. But anyway, ultimately, for whatever reason, Peter stays and is her partner now, her civilian consultant with his dad. You so, know how I feel about a civilian consultant. We have a blonde, no-nonsense detective, and although she's actually like an agent in some government, whatever, uh, and a civilian consultant who doesn't quite play by the rules. Love it. Love every second of it. And that is the one where the first episode, Joshua Jackson is wearing like a coat and a scarf, and he's got like a little bit of a scruffiness, and I was okay with it. With... Joshua Jackson. So I have been a Dawson's Creek fan since um, day one. Like literally since when the trailer hit, I was hooked when I was younger. So I never like thought, I remember even talking to a friend of mine and being like, I don't really think either Pacey or Dawson are very cute. Darn. I want to think one of the boys are cute. But then season three happened of Dawson's Creek. Actually, no, sort of season two really got intense with season three and my face my feelings about joshua jackson changed because of my feelings about pacey and so i uh i feel differently about him and so him with a winter gear and a scruffy face i'm i'm okay with my hope is that throughout the series he continues to help her but for whatever reason he's doing some sort of science work He'll need to put on some glasses, I'm thinking. That's going to be really important for science. I really want that for you. 
Um, the other thing that I, and the reason I think you would really like it, Jessica, is one, there's like all the, oh, these are really weird cases. And, you know, we got to put the weird government agency on the weird cases, but there's also the pattern. And the pattern is the fact that there have been a series of super weird things happening throughout like I don't know a length of time and they feel that they are all connected and then there's some big bad company who does science and they're connected and there's a secret organization and they're connected and I love it it's so ridiculous so you got the no-nonsense detective you got the civilian consultant you got Josh Jackson's face and the fact that he's also like a guy in it he's like kind of mysterious he also really seems to care for the detective and want to help her but not as like white knighty as pacey is where he's like gotta swoop in and save the day which is a little bit much pacey i mean keep doing it don't change ever um but i really liked it you will have a couple of issues when you watch it and that is some things get a little icky Mm. and i don't like that but I will say it's not very much. The first scene you're going to find to be incredibly unpleasant. Okay. It's very, there's one part where someone's hand does get smashed. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I'm already cringing. I know you don't like it. I thought about it when I watched, I thought about you. And then an eyeball does get taken out of a person's head. Oh, okay. Those are the things that you need to know ahead of time as a person. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, I remember a long time ago, seeing previews for fringe and thinking that is probably a show that i would enjoy watching and then i just i just never did so if you continue to enjoy it maybe i'll pick it up once i'm done um with the shows that i'm currently watching yes oh the other thing one more thing that i just thought was just funny at one point the dad is they're at a uh walter's a dad's name walter and peter eating and walter puts um some powder in his drink and peter's like you brought your own sugar he's like no this is my medication he's like well you're not on medication he's like well i made this at home and then he proceeds to name or at the lab he says it's a combination of he says three different drugs and then peter's like those are all psychotics and what i thought was funny about it is two of the three my family members are on one is my mom and one's my dog they're like barely like like psychotics and one of them is like a uh cough suppressant that can cause hallucinations but i saw that and i was like hey i I know those those. (laughs) people in my house are on that people and dog in my house are on that that's hilarious okay that is all i have to say about fringe what i want you to talk about is a show that i haven't watched but you really enjoyed and i want you to tell me about sensate and what you liked about it and didn't like about it and tell me your feelings yeah man i really really enjoyed that show it was very very good i think that you would enjoy it if you ever felt like picking it up and it's basically the show where you have these um eight individuals who are all live all over the world um and they're all kind of going about their their normal lives and and um an event occurs and they become psychically linked to each other. So they can talk to each other. They can interact with each other. They can experience the things uh, they're each other is feeling. Um, they have this really strong connection. And so then 
obviously when you have something like that going on, there's some sort of company um, who wants to, to probably experiment on you or murder you or do like bad things. So they're kind of uh, in danger from this company and they're, and they're hiding and, and fighting from them. And it was, it was just really good. They, when they are interacting, when the eight of them have scenes where they're interacting with each other are just like, I'm not even sure how to describe it. They're just so good. They're all like whoever, it doesn't matter which of the eight is interacting with whoever. All of the scenes are so good. They're so emotional. They're so powerful. They're just like, they do such a good job of portraying the intense connection that they have to each other on screen. How do they interact? Because they don't live together. So they interact psychically, but is it like thoughts in the brain? Do they see what the other one's see- seeing? Do they go to like a mind palace type of thing? Or like, what do they do to connect with one another? So it's basically seeing what the other one is seeing. So they can, but they can go back and forth and there can, they can be doing all, like all eight of them could be experiencing each other at the same time. Mm. So it's pretty intense. It's hard to describe with words. They do it very well to a way that it makes sense on screen. How, how they're seeing the world through each other's eyes and how they kind of skip back and forth um, like that. And there's like, you know, a couple of them fall in love and some of them are already in relationships and they're kind of dealing with their, significant others who are processing this new uh this new information about their loved ones who are now psychically connect to all these other people and and then there are moments there are some really great action scenes and what's fun about an action scene is they'll usually be like one of them is involved in some sort of fight or car chase or something but you see all eight of them using their different skills to help that one of them like escape yeah. whatever situation they're in and it's done so well and i just I loved it. And I love all the characters, which is strange. Like all eight of the main characters, all of their partners, all of their friends. Like I love them, every character. And then you have the bad guys who are like bad and you're like, Hey, you're a bad guy. I don't like that, but they're well done bad guys. So every character is just enjoyable to watch. So it sounds like it's a show that is really character driven and that it's got really fantastic characters and relationships and all of that, but it also has a really good plot to go with it. So it doesn't really like, it sounds like some shows, you know, the plot drives you and you're like, I, I have to know what happens. So I'm going to keep watching and you don't necessarily get as emotionally invested in the characters, but this one seems like it has both. Yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah. There's, there's, certain scenes where you're just like, man, I have to like keep watching because I have to know what happens. And then you're just, you're also, I'm just sitting there being like, I am so in love with these characters. I just want to see them like hanging out, chatting with each other because those are the best scenes. Even when they're just talking to each other. I I didn't even know how to describe it. It was just very, very good. Um, The parts that I didn't love about it is it's a little bit gorier than I like just with like, the blood and the stuff don't love that um that's really it mostly just kind of gory there were i want to say a couple more orgy scenes involved than i normally prefer in a two season tv show it's like (laughs) very many like orgy type scenes and i'm not gonna lie you can call me prude eventually i was like all right this seems like too many orgy scenes (laughs) i feel like we don't need this anymore 
Well, you know, I think there's a difference between. So, okay. I wasn't going to talk about the show because I actually quit watching it. Um, but you, what you just said reminded me of it. I started the show Fleabag, but then decided not to watch it. And the reason was I am, I'm totally cool with like sex scenes and, and shows and plenty of shows do them really well, even if they're showing me quite a bit and whatever. My issue was in the, in the beginning of Fleabag. It's like the first scene. She's talks to the camera. And so she's telling the camera about like, what she's going like basically she's like you know whenever you've got that situation where blah blah blah, she's like narrating kind of what's happening and so this guy comes over essentially for like a booty call and then they're having sex and he's behind her and she's describing it where you can tell that like he's like inching towards like her ass like he wants to like have anal with her and she's talking about how she's like really like she's drunk and she's like he seems like he's really into it so then she like lets him but you can but she doesn't enjoy it and he like doesn't actually ask he just sort of does it and i was so uncomfortable by that that continuing to watch the show made me feel worse she's like really likes guys like she likes to sleep around and she even says it's not because of the way she physically likes to be with guys it's more that like build up so it's more that feeling of feeling wanted but she wants to feel like degraded as well she's got like real shitty self-esteem and then that is reflected in her interactions with guys. And so I watched a couple of episodes and I was just like, I don't, I I don't think I want to continue to watch it. I feel like it's a show that maybe I would like, because I'm sure there's going to be at least some character development, but I like couldn't get through that now with where I'm at. And I feel like it it wasn't that there was a sex scene. Really, you couldn't even see that much. But the fact that there wasn't this like actual consent for it, and it really, really bothered me. So I, I quit watching it. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and now that you put it like that, I'm thinking about kind of the sex scenes from Sense Eight. And I guess one part that does bother me is little, a little bit, is the way these sex scenes are filmed is that it's usually one of the eight is having sex or multiple of the eight are having sex with their partners or their significant others. And then because they're all linked, some of the other of the eight are then experiencing those types of sexual thoughts and can basically see out of each other's eyes. So they can see the partner, you know, whoever's being having sex with the other one. And I feel like, even though we do get to a point where all of their significant others, and sorry, this is too much of a spoiler for you, but all of their significant others know about their psychic connection and like accept it and kind of under are understanding how it's all working, but they never are like, Hey, are they like watching us have sex? Are they experiencing mm. the sex that we're having? So it is a little bit like, I'm just thinking like of my, of my partner was having sex with me. And I knew that other people were like, experience it or possibly seeing me like having sex with him i would be uncomfortable but they don't ever really address that so are you telling me that i need to take that camera out of your bedroom that i have hidden or no no, we know about that one don't worry about it okay good just making sure (laughs) so i don't know that might be why i feel just a little bit icky about those scenes and it's not every sex scene it's only a few where they kind of go that far but it just seems like they don't address it with their partners. They're not like, hey, partner, unpsychically connect to these people. They may be experiencing the types of thoughts and feelings that I am experiencing. 
type of situation. Yeah, I think that consent in a show is something that a lot of shows do it poorly. And it's something that will take me out of the moment and leave me feeling uncomfortable and leave kind of a bad taste in my mouth. And some shows, you know, I'll be able to get over it. Like I probably, especially like, cause I think you're very similar. So if you were able to get past it in Sense8, I probably will be as well, but it is an area that I have to like, it, it, it does, it, it will bother me when done poorly and not addressed. But anyway, that was kind of a little bit of a tangent. I wasn't planning on talking about Fleabag because I did drop that show, but you just made me think of it. So, yeah. But overall, I did very much enjoy Sense Eight. It's only two seasons, um, so it wasn't a, a really long binge, but it, it was very good. The characters are incredible. I loved all of them. I really, truly did. You could ask me to pick a favorite, and I would not be able to because I loved them all so so much. So another show I know that you have, do you have more feelings that you want to share? No, I'm, I'm okay. done with those feelings. Another show that I know that you recently watched and I watched a little bit before you was Never Have I Ever. Oh my gosh. That show was incredible. Right? Oh my gosh. It's so good. It had every single thing I love about television and had angsty teens and lots of teen drama it had it was hilarious it was heartfelt there were moments where you laughed moments where you cried it had likable characters it had every a, a love triangle yeah at least the beginnings of one yeah oh yeah we didn't get like for full into it but we we started to get that i was i agree i watched that show so fast i stayed up way too late watching it cuz it was it was one of those shows where i was emotionally invested but it was funny so it was like one where i you know there's shows that are like just straight up drama and they're great and i love them but you have to be in the right like headspace for it this one just was a sitcom that was not quite sitcom-y and so i i i love and I, I also really love shows that explore family dynamics and this one did such an excellent job of that. Yeah, I it really did. Her relationship with her mom, and you don't see a lot of it until towards the end where she's having flashbacks of her mom really kind of struggling with being a mom, which I can relate to, but also feeling so sad for her that she had to hear her mom say some things that, that I think her mom probably regrets. And then she's saying that she wished her mom had died instead of her dad and it was just like it was so emotional but i loved exploring that i love the flashbacks where you get to see her with her dad um before he died and oh gosh it was so good i know i am so so excited for another season of it i just can't wait for it because i i was it was beautifully beautifully done it they did a, a great job of and i think that when you have a show that's mostly through the perspective of a teenager, you get a lot of here's how the teen feels about their parent. And then sometimes you get a little bit about here's how the parent feels about, I don't know, their partner or their job or whatever. But you don't usually get a lot of here's how the parent feels about being a parent. Here are their struggles. And so I really enjoyed that we got both of those. We got 
the perspective of the the teenager and then we got the perspective of the mom and what she struggled with as a mom as a uh, widow as an aunt who is because the cousin is staying there um as a person as a as a woman who you know previously lived in india and now is living in america and she's raising an american daughter and like what it you know that 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 culture um dynamic as well and it just is so 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 good it was kind of funny so my i started watching it one evening i was sitting in my living room my husband was sitting next to me on the couch and he was like i'm about to go take a shower and i was like okay I'm going to start the show because Libby had told me how good it was and it had been on my list for a while to watch. And I was, I was in a good place to watch it. And so I started it and he was just like sitting on the couch for a while watching it. And he was like, all right, I'm going to go take a shower. So he stood up to walk out of the room to go take a shower. But the show is so good that he eventually just stopped and he just stood in our living room throughout the entire first episode. And then he was like, you know what? I'm not going to shower and then sat down and we continued to watch more and end up watching the whole thing together. But it was like, it's that good and grabs you that quickly that he couldn't even walk out of the room and stop watching it because it's just that good. Yeah. I think it's a show that I will definitely rewatch soon. It was good enough that it's one of the shows I can go back and enjoy again. It was was so, it was very, very good. The um, acting was excellent. I, every everybody did a great great job and i just i i'm with you i love a show with a teenager and i love the family stuff and i just yeah it was fantastic and, and i loved her relationship with her friends because yes. we see her we see some flashbacks of her uh, struggling with her dad's death and her friends have been really supportive and it kind of comes to a point where now her friends are needing her support and she's struggling to give that to them because she's still dealing with so much. And so you kind of see that friendship, you know, take some hits and then recover. And so it was really wonderful to watch those, those they, friend interactions. They don't let her get away with it. I feel like they do a really good job. Of, those friends are very supportive and very, good to her but then they're going through a lot you know her friends are and she's not there for them because only her problems matter in her head and her friends eventually really really call her out on it and hold her accountable and i i enjoyed that i thought that that worked really well and it it wasn't her getting away with it which was important for her growth as a person yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I cannot recommend that show more to everyone. I think it has something for everyone. I think it's great. I, and like you mentioned the love triangle, which we don't necessarily get right away. It takes some time to see kind of these two boys that she's interested in, um, taking an interest back and like, you just get the very beginnings, but it's so well done. And both well, the boys are likable. Which they is are likable. Always the case. Like I can't even pick one if I wanted to, because I enjoy them both. I think I can pick one, but Ooh, um, I need to know what are their names. It's been a while since I watched it. Um, Paxton and Ben. Ben is who I would. Yeah, Ben. I don't know. So I like Paxton. I mean, Paxton's all right, but like Ben is like. They, you know how much I love the whole, uh, 
we don't like each other. Just kidding. I love you thing. I love that. I love that like banter, bickering, surprise that they have feelings thing. I am a huge sucker for it. He was a little bit of a dick here and there, but to be fair, she was too. So I'm okay. With oh, yeah, for sure. No, I, like I said, I like them both. I don't know why I'm currently just leaning towards Paxton a little bit. I couldn't even tell you why. I just am. But I also love Ben. Like, it wouldn't matter to me, really, if she chose one over the other or neither. Like, she needs to do whatever she needs to do. But um, it's still fun to watch. But Ben, like, sat in the car the whole time. And then Ben was, like, so sad. Remember his sad, sad birthday? It was the saddest thing on television. Sad birthday. (laughs) It was pathetic. Oh, yeah anyway but then paxton helped her out of the pool and gave her some clothes and it was all sweet oh yeah i helped her out of a pool like okay (laughs) it was sweet and you know it you're gonna have to give me more than that then he helped her out of a pool i don't know he just seems like a sweet okay give me more if you want that to be if that's your opinion that is fine but I'm going to be able to list a bunch of reasons why it should be Ben. And you're going to say he got her out of a pool and that's just not good enough. But I think we have more information about Ben and his circumstances right now. That's true. That's true. That more information about Paxson in his life and who he is, is going to come through. It just hasn't yet. Maybe, or maybe and I'm going with my gut here. That there's no substance underneath there. We're going to find out more about Paxton. It's like, oh, no, he really does like sports, like, a lot. Or video games. (laughs) Is that a mark against him that he likes sports? No, but that's that's all there is to his personality. Like, we we dive deeper. Sister who he looks out for. I disagree. I think that Paxton does have more to him. He has his uh, sister who he's really looking out for. I just, I disagree. I think, and I think there's still more to learn about him. I think, yes, we get to see Ben's sad story and I feel for him and I love Ben. I'm not saying I don't love Ben. I'm just saying currently at this present time, I have a slight favor towards Paxton. And that's fine. And I'm not saying we won't find out there's more about Paxton. I'm saying it wouldn't surprise me if we found out that what you see is what you get with Paxton. That's what I'm saying. And I just appreciate the ways in which um, she and Ben are able to connect on it on different levels than just, I like Paxton without his shirt. And he got me out of a pool one time. I just, I, but, but that being said, I also like Paxton. They're both nice boys. And I didn't think I would like either of them. So I was a little bit surprised with how my feelings about both of them developed. It's very rare that we disagree on a ship. So it's kind of fun. It is fun. Very I can't wait to see how it how it changes. Yeah, who knows? Maybe they'll introduce more people for that she's into. Just all the people. <laughs> Fifteen people. That's too I many. also felt bad for Paxton when her mom just like called him dumb a bunch straight to his face. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious and terrible. And poor, poor guy. They <laughs> So, yeah. Anyway, Never Have I Ever was fantastic. I was so glad that we both watched it. I'm just curious. 
do you hear a meowing? My well, any uh, people hearing, you might hear a meowing. My I'm outside and my cat in the garage, and apparently Oliver, one of my cats, is not happy about that. He wants me to be petting him. I think so. He's just sitting by the garage door. I can hear him just meowing for me to come inside and pet him a little bit and then he'll probably like bite me and then run off (laughs) (laughs) so just a warning so you're gonna have the swish swish here and there a cat meowing and maybe some children coming out to get popsicles so sorry for interruptions okay so the next show i want to talk about libby you have watched all of and i just recently watched all of and that's the show community oh yay I'm so glad you watched that. Me too. I enjoyed it. I want to say, like, I didn't get super emotionally involved in it, which is fine, but it was entertaining to watch. Um, I certainly loved how they addressed almost every TV trope that has ever existed, which was That's why I wanted you to watch it. I I know there is no emotional investment that you have in the show. I like don't care who ends up with who or anyone at all. I just want to watch it and I want to laugh. And I, it's not to say that I don't care about the characters because I do, I love them, but like, I'm not concerned about, I guess I just, I'm not emotionally invested in like their journey, but I do love the characters because they're funny or weird or usually both. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the one part that I was even just a little bit emotionally invested in was uh, Troy and Abed's friendship, which was yes. without a doubt the best part of that show. And I will probably talk about their friendship at some point in a different uh, episode of this podcast because I loved it. Yeah, um, my boss went to school with the actor who plays Abed. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I was wearing a Troy and Abed in the morning sweatshirt. Um, to work, although not work because it's all virtual because everything's virtual because there is a pandemic happening. Absolutely. Anyway. I think my biggest disappointment with the end was that Troy didn't come back for just that very last episode to see them kind of reunite in some way would have been, um, would have been nice. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen that as well. I, I did enjoy the end. I, I, I was a little bit surprised in the last season that I actually enjoyed it because of all of the new characters with Shirley leaving. I didn't care that Pierce left at all. Not yeah, even. He was, he was so terrible. I was happy but, to him go, but. But with all the new people, but I, I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I agree that Troy and Abed and, and the other those two, yes, of their friendship. Also, Annie and Troy and Annie and Abed. Oh, gosh, you're right. That friendship was really great also. The other thing that I, I really don't, like I said, you know, I don't, wasn't terribly invested in the characters, but I did feel very frustrated by what they did to Britta's character because they just, like, ruined her. I yeah, mean, they really did. She was, like an intelligent person who, yeah, she was like obnoxious about her political beliefs, but they just made her like a moron. Mm -hmm. And 
terrible with basically no redeeming qualities. And you could have taken her out of the group and it would not have mattered. And that was frustrating to me. I feel like they did a disservice to her character. I agree. I completely agree. I think also one of the reasons I was able to get through the the final season or two, which I mean, obviously wasn't that great because we were missing some of our main cast, but they did add um, Paget Brewster to the cast, and I I love her. I love her a lot. So it was fun to see. Who is she? Is she um, yeah. Oh gosh, what did, I don't even Frankie? know. Frankie. Yes. Oh, I love her too. I loved that character. They, that was a fun character and it was done in a really interesting way. Like the way that they made her, like she didn't, it, she didn't have to change to be a part of the group, but she didn't always fit in. I think that's kind of like the point of the study group. They don't necessarily fit in together, but they still work. And I, I like that they did that with her character. I, I thought that that worked really well. It was really fun. And her character was great and made the last season just awesome. Well, not as awesome as when Troy was there. Obviously. Very true. But bearable. bearable. Better than it would have been, obviously, without her. So, yes. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I watched all of that show and it was fun. It was a fun show. It was funny. And I enjoyed all of the talk about television and all of seeing all of our favorite tropes be done. So obviously <laughs> it was really fun. Yes. I really, I, that's one of the reasons I really thought that you would like that. I also knew how much you would enjoy Troy and Abed and the very, very silly things that they do. <laughs> so I loved every second of it. All right. So I'm going to talk about, the show that I am currently watching. And then I think you and I should talk about the show that we are watching together. Yes. Okay. So I'm currently watching the charmed reboot. I am so excited to hear what you think about it. Cause I have not watched it, but I watched all of the original charmed. Yeah. I have also watched all of the original charmed. Um, so I decided to watch the reboot and it's okay. Like I can't, I can't say that I love it, at least not yet. I'm maybe 11 or 12 episodes in, I think, of the first season, and there are two seasons right now. Um, I can't say that I, like, love it, but I also don't dislike it. Like, I like it enough that I'm going to watch it all that's available, and, I, and I'm going to enjoy it, but I, I don't feel super invested, at least not yet. But I do have hope that I could, I could get to that place where I'm, like, really really invested of it and you know obviously i love a show where you just have like three strong witches out there saving the world always fun so that part's fun and they do what they do differently in this reboot um than the original is they really kind of pair science with magic which is something that a lot of shows don't do they kind of keep those things separate and this show we see science and magic working well together and i think that's kind of fun that sounds really fun. I love that idea of kind of what happens. Cause I think that one of the things that you see with magic in general is either it is at a time when we don't have a lot of the technology that we do, or they do like say in Dresden files where technology and magic don't interact well, or mm -hmm. like Harry Potter and other things where it's sort of like they don't interact well together. And I feel like they really miss some opportunity to see like what happens when you use magic to either enhance technology 
or vice versa. And I think that that is something that I would really be interested in seeing. You're going to have to let me know as yeah, you go. For sure. It's on your I recommendation. Think- now I'm probably not going to start it. It'll depend on how you feel as you keep going. You'll be my guinea pig here. That sounds fair. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to, um, to keep going and watch it. And I hope that I get more invested in it. Um, I really do. Cause I want to like it. Cause like I said, I love some strong witches out there doing cool witch stuff. That's always fun. One part that I don't like in, in the reboot versus the original. is So in the reboot, all of their spells are in Latin, which is more traditional for magic and like the lore of magic. It was fun in the original charms to watch them come up with silly, like rhyming spells. I oh, thought yeah. it was just, was just fun and like goofy. And so I missed that a little bit. But I do understand that the Latin spells are more true to the lore of magic. Yes. Yes. I I understand where you're coming from there. Well, keep going. Are you gonna finish the season? Are you gonna go to season two? Yeah, I'm going to watch season one and two um, because one, why not? And I have hopes that I'm going to be more into it. It's, it's happening slowly, but I think it's going to, I think it's going to suck me in eventually. Okay. I, I, I can't wait to hear your further thoughts on it. Are you ready to move on to what we're currently watching? I am ready. We both have many thoughts and feelings, so I am ready to take this journey. So this is what we're currently watching and also what I watched. So I mentioned what I've watched. I didn't mention that I have watched, rewatched Dawson's Creek, and that's because I am rewatching it again just a couple weeks later with Jessica. So but I, I, I rewatched Dawson's Creek through um, part of season four and Jessica watched the, was watching Dawson's Creek. And I thought, you know what, maybe when she gets to season three, I'll jump in just to kind of let her, I want to be with someone when they experience season three of Dawson's Creek. And then like two days later, she was on, like only a few episodes away from season three. So I was like, I've been season one and two intensely. <laughs> um, <laughs> For sure. But this is my first time watching Dawson's Creek. I don't know if we mentioned that. So you have watched it a bunch and I have never watched it. Yes, I have watched it a lot. I, I'm actually really excited to, I'm, I'm really excited, clearly, for you to watch season three. And I cannot wait to experience it with you. I'm also a little bit excited about seasons five and six because when I rewatch Dawson's Creek, I just don't watch those. I've actually only seen them once. Um, yeah, only one time. Wow. Yes. Well, that will be fun then. Yeah, because I don't remember very much at all. I usually, when I do a rewatch of Dawson's Creek, I watch seasons one through four, and then I skip to the last two episodes of the series. <laughs> I appreciate that, for sure. So, so, yeah, it's been really fun. I'm assuming you would like to know some of my thoughts and feelings. We've talked yeah. a little bit about it, but... And I know your thoughts and feelings right now with where we're at, like... So where we're at is we just watched what episode three of season three, maybe um, five something like that. Five. I don't know. We watched, I think we have five. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So we're part of the way through season three. And then. Oh, um, uh, Pacey just broke up with Andy. Mm. Well, she yeah. was trying to get him back. Never really broke up, but like didn't. Get yeah. She was trying to him. get him back and he was like, maybe then no. Yeah, she did that whole thing where she was like, I potentially got assaulted by Rob. Yes. And you have um, 
Jen and Henry and all that. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about that. What I want to hear are your thoughts about the first couple of seasons. Cause I didn't get to, except for the end of season two, I didn't get to experience that with you. Okay. Here are my thoughts. Starting with season one, my very first initial thought was no one talks the way these teenagers are talking. Yes. So odd how they were talking to each other. Um, But I've come to accept that at this point in the show. Three seasons in, I'm like, okay, these are weird teenagers and they say weird things, but that's fine. I'm into it. It's ridiculous. And it was ridiculous at the time. People mocked it incessantly. I remember my mom being, because obviously I would watch it each week and then she would just like mock me for it. And she was like, this is so ridiculous, but I loved it. I didn't care. I had a a friend that I would watch it when it would in the evenings when it would air we'd call each other we'd sit in complete silence during the show and then on the commercials talk about all our feelings really quickly and then total silence when the show started and we did that every week and then when we um roomed together in college we actually had Dawson's Creek aired from 9 a.m to 11 a.m um, reruns of it and so after my Russian literature class an 8am Russian lit class because I just wanted to full on jump into depression I guess I don't know I would watch like two hours of Dawson's Creek and it was amazing oh god I love that show anyway I apologize for interrupting but the way that they talked was hugely discussed at the time that the show came out I mean that makes sense because it doesn't make sense <laughs> they talk to each other um other than that let's see dawson i did not actively dislike dawson's in season one or season two i also didn't enjoy him i was just like dawson exists and that's that's fine i guess um as we're venturing into season three i'm beginning to dislike him more but i i i I disagree i mean i can't disagree with your feelings clearly (laughs) Like they're your feelings, but I can't tell if it's because if I, as a first time viewer, like when it came out, I didn't love Dawson, but I clearly after having watched it, I don't, I don't even, I I literally don't know how many times, you know, Dawson's terrible. He gets worse in season three, as you're seeing already, but, um, I, I don't know if that has completely colored my, feelings about Dawson because when I was rewatching this most recently I hated him in the start of the series I was like look at this pretentious little douche he's such a dick to Jen he's so judgy of her also he's like an idiot if he doesn't know how Joey feels because she's ridiculously obvious and or he's just like playing around with her feelings also Joey like why why do you feel the way that you do about him I, I don't understand it. Okay. You know, it's just like, well, that's I feel about Dawson. Blech. I'm not, I'm not to that part. Yeah. I, my feelings do not mirror yours at this point in this series. I, I agree that I did not like the way he treated Jen when he found out that she had slept with other people. That was dumb. I think he was just oblivious to Joey's feelings or he was afraid to acknowledge them because of, how the relationship would change, I guess. But like you said, I also like don't like him. I just he just like exists to me. I feel kind of 
indifferent to him through seasons one and two. Although I do feel like the reason I did feel a little bit bad for him that Jen broke up with him because she wanted to be on her own and then immediately started dating someone else. And then Joey broke up with him for the dumbest reason. She like had to find herself or find something that she liked that didn't involve him. And I just was like, you could just also be with him and have your own things. Like that's how it works. That's how all relationships work. (laughs) I mean, I, I would feel bad for him if it weren't Dawson. I, I, their reasons for breaking up with him were like very, very lame. The Jen, I need to be on my own. And then also here I am with another dude who's terrible. But like, maybe, maybe those weren't the reasons. Maybe they just realized that Dawson's terrible. And they're like, I gotta say something. I can't just be like, you're terrible. I need something better. And just about anything would be better. My question to you is, what were your thoughts and feelings about Pacey and Miss Jacobs? I felt incredibly upset and angry by that relationship. She's an adult and he is a child. And she's not even like young. So I feel like it, it was so weird because like, okay, teacher student relationships, you know, I hate them in a show. So I started like pretty little, pretty little liars for like two minutes. And then I was like, mm-mm. But, like, in that one, the teacher's young. And, like, some of them, the teacher's, like, young. And the, like, student is a little bit older. But in this one, he was 15. And she was, like, an age that they refused to even say. When he asked her about it, she was, like, he was, like, so what are you, like, 35? And she's, like, ha, sure. And I'm, like, damn, girl. Like, what? And I can't imagine it. Like, she was a predator. Let's be clear. Calling it a relationship is a lie. It was a predatory situation. But, like, I just, it blows my mind the fact that they tried to make it anything but a statutory rape situation. Because think about a 15-year-old, Jessica, any 15-year-old that you know. They're a baby. They look like a baby, right? Mm -hmm. Like, a tiny little baby. You want to, like take them home and make them some cake. And then that's it. Not very specific thing that you're making. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you have to cake nice and slow. (laughs) Just no, no, none of that. Because they're babies. That was from never have. Ben Ben goes to meet that guy. (laughs) Okay. Just blow on the pizza. Nice. And slowly. (laughs) I'm so glad when he got up. Just like left. Um, anyway, it was that relationship. Like at the time when it came out, I was so I was um, twelve, about twelve when Dawson's Creek came out, and I was like, mm, "This doesn't seem that great. This is weird that so they're that this like teacher and student are together." But then every time that I watch as I got older, and especially now, I'm like, "What the fuck? Oh my god!" And, like, if the show had called it out as, like, a statutory rape situation, it would have been different. But they were like, oh, Pacey's first love. Well, and I found it upsetting because the the woman, the teacher, she did not face any consequences. Yet she ended up having to, she quit her job and, like, left town. But those aren't real consequences. Because no, Pacey said that he made it all up. And that made me angry because she should have she should have faced more severe consequences than that 
and I find that 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 tends to be kind of a problem with the show thus far that I've watched is you have adults who are wanting to to date or be with or prey on on young teenagers which is really upsetting because you have um Jen starts to kind of date that old fisherman guy which was weird because he was much too old and then you have Rob in season three who wants to is is sexually harassing basically um Joey and it's like come on adults just date other adults like I don't I don't understand why you want to be with these teenagers just just be with adults I know it is ridiculous there are just like so many it's like I know there are adults in Caveside I've seen them they're all sleeping with teenagers sleep with each other instead it's terrible it's It's very upsetting so I one of the things I do want to say because okay when we last talked about Dawson's Creek on the podcast, I was rewatching and I had not gotten terribly far. I was like in season one and I was talking about Dawson and how much I hated him. And I stand by everything I said about Dawson. I would take none of that back. What I want to take back are my thoughts about Mitch because I said that he was a decent dad and that is a fucking lie. He is terrible. He's terrible. So I was, when Gail was having her affair and then her BTW, the reason for her affair was so dumb. Um, I'm super happy and I like my life. Therefore I had an affair. No Gail. Wrong. And Abby, I'm super happy and I like my life. Therefore I'm a dick to everyone. Like, like I don't understand what's going on with everyone's messed up reasons for doing the things they do. Do they not have like pottery <laughs> classes that people can take in Cape side? I don't understand. But I felt for Mitch because it, it, it portrayed him as a man who really loved his husband, her, I mean, really loved his wife and she was cheating on him. And I felt for him. And then we get to this point where he is like, basically decides without her consent that they are going to now have an open marriage. And he's like, well, now on Thursdays, we can go out with whoever we want and do whatever we want. And I was like, listen, you have a right to be angry and upset and the fact that she cheated on you, but you don't get to just decide that now you're in an open marriage. So that's not how that works. And since that moment, for me, Mitch has only gotten worse. He started dating Dawson's teacher. Oh, I hate when parents do that in shows. They do it all the time. And Dawson expressed his concern about it and his dad just didn't care. Yeah, I hate when they do that in a show. We had that weird football moment, too, that we watched together. That was so frustrating. Because, like, also, Mitch, nobody cares about your football game, like, at all. I mean, also, nobody cares about Dawson's news story. But, like, let them him just, like, feel like it's a big opportunity. Yeah, he's a kid. Let him feel like he accomplished a thing. And, like, you don't even care about football. Like, maybe you do. I don't know. I haven't heard about it before. You know, and they, they're they talking about that. And they're, like, so they're talking about how, um, well, Dawson's saying, well, I, you know, my dad, he keeps failing at all this stuff. And he just wants to succeed. And I'm, like, dude didn't fail, by the way, at starting a restaurant. He just didn't do it. He just made a toy model of a very, very unrealistic restaurant that, just wouldn't work like it was like some underwater people in scuba gear type shit like that's not starting a restaurant and failing that's 
building a toy with toys. My actually, my eight year old probably has done more to build a restaurant than Mitch. If we're going by those standards <laughs> because of all the shit he builds, like I, I, I don't get that. So I would like to retract the positive things that I said about Mitch last time we talked about this. And in fact, I find very few decent parents in the show at all. <laughs> it's just like, so Gail turns out, I think for me right now is the best at parenting. She was obviously a terrible wife because she cheated on her husband for no reason other than that she was apparently happily married. Um, but she's been a decent parent. Everyone else's parents are super terrible. Yes, they're awful. I, you know, I think that that's the thing that I know we had talked about. We're going to do an episode on just like terrible parents and shows. Because there's so many of them. It's like <laughs> parenting is so hard, I guess, to portray in a show. Or they just want kids. They want reasons behind the kids and motivation. So like, I don't know, their parents are probably shitty. <laughs> Whatever. But Dawson, I will say... His dad is kind of a shit, but he's not like the worst dad ever. But Dawson is the worst kid ever. So, <laughs> um, I thought this the one scene where we see Pacey and his dad today going that fishing trip, and then Pacey's dad is is passed out drunk, and Pacey's sitting next to him crying. It's being like, "Why don't you love me? It's your job to love me." That part really got me. It really got me, especially as a parent. Because I think about my children and I think, Pacey is so right. It is literally my job to love those babies. And I feel angry at any parents, fictional or real, that do not simply just love their babies. But Jessica, you should feel bad for them. Because it is worse to be incapable of love than to not be loved, according to Jack. So, you know, feel bad for them. I, yeah, no, the parents are terrible. Okay, so at what point did you fall in love with Pacey Witter? Because I know you have to be in love with him at this point. I am. Let's see. I didn't love him initially, but then he changed. I'm not sure when. I want to say, so in season one, he has, he's doing a project with Joey and they have some adorable moments together when he decides that he likes her and then he tries to kiss her and she's just like, no, no, <laughs> just no. And then he meets Andy. And obviously when he meets Andy is kind of when you see the big changes occurring. But I think that they started before that. I think they kind of started after his relationship with the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. So um, Pacey. Oh, man. Pacey. And the times that I've been so angry at Dawson and the reasons that I don't like him are are really the moments where he says or does mean things to Pacey. Dawson does not deserve Pacey as a friend. No, he does not. And he, just the fact that he admits so frequently to Pacey, like, it's like, I just imagine them hanging out and every so often Dawson's like, hey, by the way, a quick reminder, I'm only your friend because you make me feel better about myself. I didn't know if you knew that. Oh, you did? You remembered that from the last time? Okay, I just wanted to make sure that you didn't think I cared about you in any way. 
Yeah, so we get that scene where Dawson comes home drunk to his surprise party, which, by the way, is my favorite Dawson scene. It is actually (laughs) really funny. He says all of the things that I had been thinking as a fan to all of the people. The only thing I didn't like is when he said that to Pacey. He was like, I only am friends with you because your life makes me feel better about my life. That made me so angry. And you're right. He does say it again. He... um accused Pacey of stealing the PSAT test, which was dumb because no one, you don't need to cheat on your PSATs. But um, also like that killed me because he's like, somebody stole the test. You need to return it to me. And I'm like, why, what are you going to do with it? Like, you don't want it. They want it. You brought it there for a reason. And you brought it there. Cause you were like, guys, should we use this? Like, and then you're like, no, we shouldn't. I'm much better than you. Put it in my locker. Yeah. He'll be there by five. And if not, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sneak into the school, hide under a table. And when a security guard comes in, for some reason, there's a security guard walking around school at night. Who didn't just look down slightly underneath a table? <laughs> to people, to two people who were just talking in normal voices. Like, wait to have your conversation it's just ridiculous and that is because we have the character so we're in season three now which means that jessica has met eve eve makes no sense she actually just left right you said that we were done with her she was like i'm trying to find my mom okay bye all right eve what's your life like (laughs) her character made no sense is the thing she was just weird so it makes no sense that somebody would pursue dawson that much like especially if her mission is to find her mother why are you getting so sidetracked that you're pursuing this this boy this weird boy boy exactly and her interest in him is heightened by the fact that he is a virgin and okay I'm not saying don't sleep with a virgin because, you know, someone's got to at some point or they're just going to stay a virgin. And that's fine to stay a virgin. I'm not saying that. But the when you get into somebody because of that point, whether you're into a male or a female, because you're like, oh, man, look at this person. They're so innocent. That's fucking creepy. That's creepy. And like Eve is however old she is. Now, I I wanted to. um you were like, oh my God, she's this grown woman. And then I was like, well, she goes to her high school. And like, obviously I knew that she didn't actually go to the high school, but I want to ruin that for you. So like, yeah, she's an old woman. Like she should not be hitting on this young boy. Also like it's Dawson. Like, I mean, at least I understand Tamara Jacobs motivation a little bit because it's Pacey, but like also it, I mean, I don't get it. Cause he was a, a baby, but it's Dawson. Dawson (laughs) I appreciate you and I in the few episodes that we've been watching Dawson has been called self-righteous and self-centered so many times and I just cannot think of two terms that describe a person more oh my gosh I know right so there is one character that you and I have not really talked much about and I want to save a little bit about my thoughts on it uh because we disagree and you don't know that we disagree on this. We haven't talked much about it. Is Henry? Oh, you know what? I had a sense that we disagreed because you were very quiet on it, and you're not usually very quiet on your feelings. So you can go first. 
Okay. So I know that you're watching it for the first time. And so again, some of these are like, I don't know what's based on colored by what I see Henry later, but even now what I, what you see as Henry as being like this kind of sweet kid, whatever, he's a creep. And I, I agree with Jen when she's talking about how he looks at her like some sort of object, some sex fantasy come to life. He is, he's never talked to her, but he's in love with her. The, and she has repeatedly told him, told Jack, told anybody that will listen that she is not interested and no one will respect her wishes. And then he acts like she is terrible for not wanting to be with him. And I don't think that that's fair. She's allowed to feel what she feels. And I just think that he's a, a little, a little, a little creepy. Yeah. I don't, I didn't necessarily see that. It just seems like a boy who had a crush on a girl. And I will say about the, the date that Jack set up, he's just, he's a young kid and an older guy was like, I'm going to do this for you and help you out. So I don't think in his mind, he was understanding the problem with that. And I'm not disagreeing Jen's opinion. Obviously, I respect her opinion. But then she did ask him out to the homecoming gala thing, which is a whole level of weird. But like, she did make that decision herself to ask him. I agree that he, him saying I'm in love with you is, is not true. But also when you're 14, 15 years old, you don't know what, what love is. Maybe he doesn't understand the difference between infatuation and love so i will agree one that yes he meeting jen at that spot wasn't terrible on his part it wasn't great because yeah you should ask a person out it was that part was was bad on jack like that was jack being terrible and she asked him out and not only did she ask him out she like put his arm around her as they sat down on the couch i can see why he thought they were on like a legitimate date she did not make it clear that they were going as friends so she was a little bit a little bit there um so well and she knew she knew how he felt about her so if she wants to make clear boundaries then asking him out and like doing the arm thing is going to send conflicting signals because you can't like she's saying i'm saying no i don't like you i'm not into you but then also i'm asking you out and i'm putting your arm around me i think for a kid who's never had maybe feelings the way he does that could be confusing i'm not saying jen is wrong in her feelings obviously she's entitled to feel however she wants and she doesn't want to be with him i respect her and i respect that but I think from his perspective, it could be confusing. I guess I will, I will concede to that point. The other thing that I, I didn't appreciate with him was the fact that he was willing to like, he put his, like she put her, like his arm around her or whatever. And I just felt like that was, and he went to that gala and I feel like he was really throwing that potential relationship in the face of his obvious lover, Miss Freckle. Or whatever the fuck her name was. <laughs> she, he really just wanted to make her jealous. You know, things have gotten a little lackluster in the bedroom. <laughs> he needed to spice that. <laughs> Jessica and I just assumed. We don't know. It might, maybe it's just subtext, but there was an adult on the show Dawson's Creek hanging out with a young boy quite a bit. So we just assumed that they were fucking. Like, <laughs> 
it just seemed like what they do maybe were wrong, but I'm fairly certain that that super old lady whose attic he cleans is also somebody who maybe he cleans house in other ways. I don't know how to turn that into a euphemism, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, they got the weird suggestive plant name thing going on that she oh, yeah. taught him. Yeah. She's like, let me tell you all about my orchids. This is my, what was like, I don't even know the names of it. It's like vaginal. Stuff that sounded like vagina. It's like a (laughs) vagina, vagina, vagina. That's what they are. Vagina, (laughs) vagina, kiss plant. This this one's a tit. (laughs) (laughs) So um, anyway, here's, I'm going to ask you to spoil things just a bit for me. So are there moments following that i've not seen yet that may change my opinion of henry i'm not and also i'm not like pro henry like henry's so cool yes just to be clear i'm not like oh i know okay no there there are things that will change your opinion of henry and they're not like huge it's like just like the little there are things that make when you look back you're like oh gosh he really was kind of he really was creepy kind of a creepy ish dude like as you're later on but it's not like a huge huge giant things but yeah so and i I guess too a part of me remembers when i was barely and i try not to remember when i was like a freshman in high school and there was a boy that i liked i would stare at them not because i was like having some weird sex fantasy in my brain because i was just like with that cute boy, I wonder if they're going to look at me. And then if they did, immediately look, immediately look away in shame. Yeah. I just preferred to um, surreptitiously look up from my book every now and again and then hide behind it again. Or, like, basically crawl inside my locker when they're walking by to get away <laughs> for fear of any awkwardness male or female any human interaction (laughs) just in general but you know we're different we are okay interesting i was wondering if that was going to come up because like i said i could tell you disagreed with me by your silence your silence says so much now i I I went to bed thinking about it i was like man libby doesn't agree with me about henry and then i was like am i a bad person oh my gosh What's happening? <laughs> what was it? Downward spiral. Sorry. This is Libby judging me spiral. because I, I don't think Henry's gross or super gross. Is she judging me? She's not going to be my friend anymore. Is this it? This is the end of our friendship. It was Which bad. Is, this is our last podcast episode. Just so we're clear, there was a difference that we could not get over. I think you'll <laughs> understand. Um, okay. I know we're going to wrap up soon because we need to get off of here and watch Dawson's Creek. Yes. is what we need to do. But very briefly, you are at the super, super beginning and just a little bit of flirtation, very, very, very subtexty subtext without any actual explicit feelings shown on screen of Joey and Pacey. And I want to hear how you feel at the start of true love. I am very obviously uh, very into it. And I, I was into it back in season one where Pacey liked her for one episode and she turned him down. I've been into it since then. And I've really appreciated though, how the show has, has 
gone about the relationship really slowly, like really building a foundation of they're now friends. Now they're spending more time together due to these reasons and not just like, you know, random stuff. Like he's helping with the B and B and they're spending more time together. And so watching it develop very slowly and watching Pacey very definitively end his relationship with Andy and say to her, like, you are not the one for me. So it's not, so it's very clear that those feelings are kind of gone for him. And I, I loved how slow it's moving. Cause I think a lot of times in these shows, they can throw in these types of relationships that maybe you're not expecting, but they do it very quickly and it feels a little bit rushed. I, I don't feel rushed here. I think it's very gradual and it makes sense that Pacey would have possible feelings because he had had them before. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, I agree with you. I love Joey and Pacey. So I, when I first watched it, I wanted them together the same time as you in season one. So when season two came out near the beginning, right when like Jack came on, um, a friend, the friend and I that used to watch it, we did, this is my one and only uh, fan fiction that I ever wrote. And I didn't even know that that's what it would be called. I just realized that that's what it was. We wrote our, um, a Dawson's Creek movie. Um, And it was right when Jack showed up and we put Joey and Pacey together. And then we made Jack gay and actually made, put him and Dawson together. We thought they might be nice together. So then when Jack came out, we were like, damn, yay. It's happening so we were pretty excited about that but i remember writing that that script um and i wanted to explore even then i need to explore joey and pacey together and i knew that it wasn't going to happen in season one because i knew that joey and dawson had to like do their thing just because that's how these shows work like they had to date and then probably break up for dumb reasons and then talk about how much they want to be together when they could just be together. It makes no sense. But I knew that we had to get through all of that before we would get to a point where, where Joey and Pacey could be together. So I'm enjoying watching us uh, slowly get to those points. So I know that we are going to go ahead and end in just a second here. Um, I will say that we are going to have to talk again about Dawson's Creek even if we don't do a whole other here's what we're watching episode once we finish up season three because I will want to talk to you I mean obviously I'm going to talk to you at the time because we're watching it together but I'm going to want to have another one of these where we talk at length about all of our season three feelings which is by far my favorite season of the show so all right well let's hop off here and go watch it Virtually, not together. There's a pandemic. Just want to clarify. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to WFLTV. If you enjoyed listening to us talk about television, follow us on Twitter at WFLTV. You can send us an email with any questions, feelings, things we should be watching at WFLTV.podcast at gmail.com. Share our podcast so we can keep doing this and sharing all of our feelings.